Yes, I know what you think of me. You never shut up. Never shut up. Never Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. It's Wednesday, February 14th, 2023. I'm your host, Rose Cress, and today we've pulled Bliss. That's right, it's a bliss of another kind. We're gonna get into that bliss of another kind. We're also going to talk about Valentine's Day today. Oh, yes, it's Valentine's Day. I found a really cool reading about Valentine's Day, and I'm gonna share that with you. And we're gonna talk about awakening divine connection. So let's get into not the supernova juice yet, not yet. Let's get into Valentine's Day. So this comes from a blog, a website called walksofitaly.com. I guess you can go for a walk with them and see some things. So who was Saint Valentine? And this blog says, well, the better question is who were? Because depending on who's counting, there are between 12 and 14 Saint Valentines, including a Spanish hermit and a woman, Valentina. Guess it was a pretty common name back then. Anyway, Valentine. Valentine's Day, the Saint Valentine of Valentine's Day, was one of two guys preaching the good word in Rome in the third century. One of these two was martyred on the 14th of February in 269, thus giving us the date for this eponymous day. But what does anything have to do with that? (laughs) What did he have to do with love and greeting cards and all of that? Well, nothing. Uh, After he was killed, Valentine's remains sat in the catacombs of San Valentino for a while before moving to Santa Maria in Cosmodin. I know I'm not saying that. Or the Basilica of St. Valentine in Terni, if you support the claim of the other Valentine, where they were visited by pilgrims for many years. They probably would have remained there, but somewhat anonymous relics for the patron saint of beekeepers and people suffering from the plague, had it not been, for the poet Chaucer. So what does Chaucer has to do with it? Well, you know, Chaucer wrote some um, naughty stuff, but basically um, Chaucer was writing, and the first connection between love and Valentine's Day appears in his poem Parliament of Foles. Follies? I don't know how to read Old English, give me a break, uh, written in the late, late 14th century. He appears to have simply invented the correlation and chalked it up to poetic license, though it's possible he was drawing from maybe some older traditions. But shortly after Chaucer mentioned love on Valentine's Day, real-life lovers began to send each other love poems on February 14th. It's possible this predates Chaucer, but we don't know. To put that another way, people have been writing Valentines to their loved ones for over 500 years on February 14th. So even if there's no connection to St. Valentine's or any one of the 14 12 to 14 St. Valentine's, um, you know, a guy who was murdered by accident by Roman pagans, there's like a legacy of love on this day. So it's actually not really about overpriced cards and all of that other stuff. Like there's actually some evidence to suggest that we've been doing this for a while. I mean, maybe it was one of those other Valentines and it's just been lost to history. So Valentine's Day, it turns out it actually is a time to just take a moment, pause, and write somebody a love poem. If you don't have anybody to write a love poem to, I would ask you to 
really think again because there is somebody that is so deserving of your love that you might be overlooking and that somebody is you. Yes, that's right. I think today a really good practice is to write yourself a love poem. And when I say write yourself a love poem, roses are red, violets are blue. No, not that kind of love poem. Like write yourself a love letter. Write yourself a letter about all the things about yourself that you love. And before you tell me like, Rose, I don't love myself because I know there's some of us out there that are really struggling. I don't love myself. Okay, I understand that we might be struggling and we have those feelings of like, I can't love myself. I don't love where I'm at. But look at the things that you do that are worthy of that sense of acceptance. For example, you're still here. So you have a sense of fortitude. You have a sense of strength. You get yourself from point A to point B. You take care of yourself. You like to do fun things like listen to podcasts, for example. You like to do fun things like you listen to Tori Amos. You have really good taste in music. Did you know that you had such good taste in music? I love your taste in music. You also have really fabulous taste in podcasts like I bet you're not sharing that with people. You should go share that with people. You have fabulous taste in podcasts. You also like to do yoga and not the kind of yoga that you see on television or that you may have seen in commercials or shows or stuff like that. Oh no, you like to do accessible yoga. You like to really get to the heart of practices and you like to dive into the meat. So right there, I just named like five things that I love about you. And so it's time to love those things about yourself. And maybe there's something else you would like to start loving about yourself. Something you could bring in for yourself that's a celebration of love. A celebration of the things that you're good at. And this does lead me to bliss. So the song Bliss, Tori says she wrote this song about control and about, you know, and the song starts out, Father, I killed my monkey, which is really kind of a sense of like, yes, it's a shocker. It's a a, like, oh, I'm going to grab your attention. But she's talking about pretending to kill imagination so she can have something that's separate, something that's her own, because we can't completely separate from the people that made us because they're part of us. Like, I'm part of you. All of the stuff that led up to your birth, like that's, I mean, those things are in your genes. This is epigenetics. What happened to your mother? What happened to your grandmother? Those things happened to you. They activated your genes so that you are responding in certain situations based on your genes and your genes alone and not even necessarily any learned experience. I listen to other podcasts from time to time. No, that's not true. I only listen to this podcast. But seriously, I listen to other podcasts and some of the stories about people kind of going through their genetics and ancestry DNA and like discovering, oh, the person I thought was my parent is not my parent. And then discovering who their actual parent was. Uh, This one story, this woman she sees, she didn't realize that her dad was not her dad, that they used a sperm donor because they didn't want to tell her. And so she finds out just based on DNA. And the only reason she did her DNA, like she didn't even say anything to her parents. She just did it because her husband was doing his DNA 
DNA. Like, I didn't really need to do my DNA. I did mine to get my husband to do his because, I mean, I know, I know my genes. I know my history. I didn't need to do it, but I did it anyway. And okay, it's kind of cool to see my genetic expression. But so she does hers. She finds out like, oh, my dad is not my dad. And I mean, he is her dad, but like, that's not who my genes come from. And she turns out this guy is a speaker and she watches a video of him and her husband says he takes his glasses off and gestures with him the same way you do. So there's something going on in our genes that communicate certain behaviors that seem completely disconnected. So even though we might want to separate from our parents, and we do, I mean, like we individuate from our parents and we become our own people, but that's all still a part of us. There's still a lot of programming within us that comes from our parents. And, you know, for better or worse, some of us kind of struggle because of that patterning and we don't want to be versions of our parents. So I get that. But it's not about completely separating. It's about honoring that like, hey, that's right. I'm part of you. You're part of me. But maybe I can become a bliss of another kind. Maybe I can connect to something greater than myself and find that, well, divine connection and find that bliss of another kind. I love the second verse where she says, lately I'm into circuitry. And like, for me, I take that to mean like lately I'm kind of into understanding my wiring. It's not like Tori Amos is like, okay, I'm going to go do some electrician work and I'm going to find it, figure out how computers work. I There is no part of me that ever sees any part of Tori ever doing that. I really feel like she's talking about the circuitry of her mind there. So lately I'm into circuitry. What it means to be made of you but not enough for you. And I wonder if you can bilocate. Is that what I taste? Your supernova juice? You know it's true. I'm part of you. So I'm made of you. I'm part of you, but not enough for you. I mean, like you made all these other people too. I wonder if you can bilocate. Probably can bilocate, right? I mean, you would think that where we come from, that creator essence is in many places at once, not just bilocation, all location. I know there's a word for it, and I'm just not thinking of that word right now. You can send me a message about that if you want. <laughs> but is that what I taste, your supernova juice? Like, yeah, we can think of supernova juice as a euphemism for what some of you might be doing this evening with your beloveds. But your supernova juice, like, I mean, like a supernova star exploding. Like, am I tasting that essence of creation? That supernova juice, like, is that what I taste in my own mouth? Is that supernova juice? Am I tasting my own stardust in my mouth? Am I tasting it? I've never really thought about it, like, right like that until this second. Like, the taste in your mouth, you're tasting yourself, and we're all, we are made of stars. Is that what we're tasting? your supernova juice but you know it's true I'm a part of you like I'm a part of you you're a part of me we're all a part of each other because we are all stardust we all come from the same places so there's this sense of uh, for me the, an invitation to the divine connection now the lover's card in the tarot is about this coming together of opposites the dualities coming together the divine masculine divine feminine they come together and they make a whole that uh, 
awakening of connection. So it's that same sense. And we're moving beyond control because Tori says this is about control and, and maybe the ways in which our circuitry controls us, the way that our past actions control us. I mean, apply it to any situation today. How much, if not all, of your past experiences and how they've wired you to see things a certain way and respond a certain way is controlling you in this moment. Like, you're just an amalgam of all your past experiences. And so are you really interacting with the situation that's arising for you today as though it's a fresh situation? Or are you stepping into it as just your past? And most of us have do, are unable to pull ourselves away from our past, from our circuitry, to really react and respond to the things in front of us from a sense of purity. We're just responding from our past experiences. And don't take any shame for that. Like, that's who you are. That's what we know. And right now, we're being offered a chance to let go of that control, that to move beyond that control that our wiring has over us and to step into the realization of that divine connection. There are many mantras that welcome this divine connection, but I'm going to give you a really simple mantra for this divine connection. And this is the mantra of mm, which is really hard to convey with just sound, but not really. It's NG, like at the end of the word gong or ring or uh, my favorite, King Kong. So the back of the tongue kind of moves up into the soft palate and that moves up through the crown of the head and it triggers the crown chakra and the crown chakra, Sahasrara, is what it's called. That crown chakra is the thousand-petaled lotus, and it is that divine connection. It's inviting that sense of creation to flow right through the crown of the head. We think of this line that one of my teachers, Swami Brahmananda, said that it's when creation looks back at you, not in relation to the crown chakra, but I think about that a lot, that we're often looking at creation and that when we get to a certain place in our practice where we're in a deeper state of meditation and observation, that creation looks back at us. And what an awesome experience that would be, but also at the same time, part of that seems really terrifying to me, like all of creation is looking back. But in any sense, for me, what's coming right now is that's happening right through the crown chakra. So we cultivate the awakening of the crown chakra, which is the pineal gland, and we use that sound of NG. So we can just simply intone it, and I'll give it to you three times so you can do it with me, and you can do it more than that if you'd like. So you're sending that vibration right up through the crown of the head, right up through the skull. Let's do that again, inhaling. Mm. 
and you might feel vibration through the whole body like all of you that is being like water at this moment is vibrating with sound let's do that one more time inhaling making room for that divine connection that connection with creator essence Uh, it's hard to give it a name because that's just ego part of our mind that has to name things it's more of an experience so take that connection write yourself your love letter take that connection with you into your day. I hope you have a beautiful Wednesday. Make sure to follow us on the socials. Songs of Tori Amos, songsoftoriamos.com. Head over to the Patreon and become a member. You can support us for more content like this. And who knows what other kind of content you can get. You can get a Christmas letter. I love the Christmas stuff. And I mean, I don't like Christmas, but I like the Christmas gift from Songs of Tori Amos. And you follow me on the socials. I'm Rosecrest on Facebook and Instagram. And I will see you tomorrow. Bye.
Never Shut Up is a production of the Sideways Society. For more information and links to things mentioned on the show, please visit us online at songsoftoriamus.com. Yes, I know what you think of me. You never shut up.